your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Saxon, he's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. And right now, we are very happy to have the privilege to talk to the former Cardinals general manager, Walt Jockety, joining us via the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line. Walt, we always appreciate the time, my friend. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. It's uh, I'm, I live in Arizona. We finally got some rain, and it's a nice, cool day for a change. Well, it's good to hear. It's actually kind of nice today here in St. Louis as well, so it's good to talk with you as we officially get out of this all-star break and kind of start talking about the second half of the season. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you today is because with the trade deadline looming, I don't know that there's anybody in baseball better to talk about this time of the year than you. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, we're about two and a half weeks now away from the deadline, what are some of the conversations that would typically be happening around this time of the year? Well, this was uh, one of my favorite times of the year because of that, uh, you know, the, the, the process and, and everything you go through. And it was really our time to, uh, in, as a front office, to compete and, and see what we could do to uh, improve the club. But it's a it, it's a long process, guys. It's it, you know it takes you know first of all you got to decide uh, as a team whether you're in or out you know in Cincinnati we kind of went through that this year trying to decide if we're in and out we had great uh, last uh, 10 days and now you know we're only four games out so we we're going to go ahead and, and start uh, adding to the club if we can but uh, that's that's always the first decision trying to decide what position you're in to add or subtract and uh, then then you have to you know obviously you have your pro scouts all out all year scouting other teams, getting information on their major league players, their minor league players. And there's a lot of information that comes in and uh, you get down to this period, the last couple of weeks and you you start identifying your your definite needs and the clubs that you feel you can align with and you start making calls. And, and, um, you know, really most GMs probably have made calls already just to kind of feel out of the clubs, see what their plans are, what they plan to do. And, and, uh, uh, and then try to, to start that process of, of identifying the players that they want from each club and, and try to work out a deal. Hey, Walt, I'm curious when you talk about, you know, making that decision, if you're going to add or subtract, because it does seem like most trades do fall into that category. You've got a team looking to acquire future talent and one looking to acquire current talent for future talent. But it, where do expectations factor in there? Because I'm thinking specifically about here locally with the Cardinals, they had high hopes after getting Nolan Arenado, but here they are sitting at the All-Star right. break, 
below 500. So do you think just in terms of, you know, that wouldn't immediately jump out as a buying team. You know, they're eight and a half games out. But on the other hand, they probably feel pretty good about the talent. So have you have you had instances or teams where the record wasn't where you wanted it to be, but you still decided you were going to be a buyer? And how does that decision come about? Well, that's uh, it's a great question because it is an important uh, factor to determine. And, and, you know, in situations like that, what I would do if we weren't quite sure, uh, and if you saw somebody, you're, you're obviously not going to try and trade for a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and not going to have much control of. But if you can find a, a, the right guy, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter on another club, that you could work out a deal now and and uh, this guy would be a part of your club for at least a couple of years, you try to do it now because uh, it, it may be tougher during the winter to do certain things, more clubs would be involved and so forth. So that's one way you can approach it. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Uh, I think it was uh, in uh, 2001, we were, I don't know how far back we were, but we were quite a ways back and uh, at, at the trade deadline. And I, I worked with Kevin Towers uh, of the Padres and we had been discuss, discussing the deal of Ray Langford for Woody Williams for, you know, a couple of weeks and it got down to the deadline and he wanted to wait until after the deadline, because he wanted they, their owners wanted to see if they could put Woody through uh, waivers and and just have somebody claim his contract and, and get rid of it. But, mm-hmm. but what I was doing with Blankford was basically trading contracts. You know, a hitter for a pitcher. The salaries were quite even. So at any rate, to make a long story short, we acquired Woody on uh, August second, and Woody came into our clubhouse and he, you know, we had a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. And he just, he said, you know, he couldn't understand why we were, weren't playing so well. And he kind of, you know, made an impression on guys. And, and you know, we ended up getting to the playoffs there because of mm. adding that one guy who kind of changed the whole um, culture, clubhouse atmosphere. And it, it mm. uh, you know, so there are certain times like that you can make a deal that can help you even though you're not quite in it. And, you know, look at, look at the Cardinals in 2011. Mm. You know, in September they were long way out and something snapped. I don't, I don't think they acquired anybody necessarily then, but you know, you still can, can, can win a, uh, the division in a short period of time. And there's no reason why the Cardinals can't, they start getting some guys back healthy. Yeah. That's yeah. the way we feel too. We've got guys coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll help us out. Yeah. And that 2001 team you mentioned, you guys were 54 and 52 at the time that you made that deal and you were seven and a half games back. So it's, it's not all that dissimilar from where the Cardinals are right now this year. I'm curious for, for your perspective, Walt, and I don't know if you've been in this specific spot before, but the Cardinals are dealing right now from a place of weakness where they have so many pitchers that are on the IL. They've been depleted mm-hmm. from their depth and everybody around the league knows it. They, they can sense that the Cardinals have a, a lack of innings right now. And so if they go out into the marketplace and they're trying to negotiate with other teams, my assumption would be the pr- those prices are going to be extremely high because other teams know they really need the pitching. Have you ever been in that spot before where you're kind of dealing from desperation? And, and what does that do for you trying to make a deal at the deadline? Well, I'll, I'll tell you guys that the uh, kind of my MO, any time of the year making a deal, my, my mentor was kind of, you know, got to be patient and, and persistent. And you just have to, you know, sometimes uh, if you're in a situation like that, 
and you want a guy and the club's trying to hold you up, if they're trying to move the guy and you know that they're trying to, they want to move the salary or whatever, you, you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until the very last minute. And if you can't do it, you can't do it, but at least you don't give up. And, uh, uh, because sometimes when you get close to the deadline, the club will lower their demands and, and you can get a deal done, but it's, it is a tough situation to be in for the Cardinals because you're right. I'm sure most clubs look at them as, uh, needing pitching and, uh, We'll try to extract as much as they can from them. While we live in this era, you know, of social media, and, and people like to get their opinions out there, you may have may have noticed sure. some of that. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. <laughs> but Mo has taken his fair share, you know, a fair amount of heat over the last four or five years because he hasn't been particularly active at the July thirty or thirty-one deadline, whatever they're doing these days. How, how many? How often are there factors that maybe fans don't see behind the scenes? Whether it's ownership coming in and saying, in nixing a deal for financial reasons that they were, that Baseball Ops was excited about, or other factors that play in. And I realize the GM or the president of Baseball Ops is never going to throw his owners under the bus. But are there times where really, you know, they were the wrong guy is taking the heat? In your opinion, absolutely. Uh, I think that's. That happens from time, not necessarily St. Louis, but I think it happens in a lot of different places because there are factors involved that are out of control that the owner or the uh, GM and and whether it's the the amount of talent you got to give up or if it's a, the cost in, in money, mm-hmm. uh, there's always something because you know uh, you know eventually either the team president or the owner, whoever's making the final decisions, uh, has the ultimate uh, decision to make, and and so but. You know, sometimes it, it, people look at the GM or the president of baseball ops as being the guy that couldn't get the deal done, and that's not always the case. Yeah. We're talking to Walt Jockety, the former Cardinals general manager here on 101 ESPN. Walt, what was the toughest deal you ever did at the deadline? Was there one where you thought there's no way this gets done? It's just it's not going to happen. It fell through a million different times between the time when it started and the time that you ultimately got it done. What's what's the one that you look back on? And you're like, man. That was close. I didn't know that we were going to get it done, but you found a way. Well, there were two, actually. One, probably one that got done before the deadline was Scott Rowland in '02. Uh, uh, it was kept going back and forth, back and forth with, with uh, Ed Wade, the Phillies GM. We, we, you know, at one point, he just said, well, I'm done. I'm not doing anymore. I said, fine. You know, we kind of, and I, so I just kind of backed off of him. And then he called me back a few days later and said, look, let's, let's talk about this. Because I knew he had to try and move him. And that's a case where you just be patient and persistent and, and uh, wait it out and, and you get it done. The other one was after the deadline, um, but it was more so after the deadline because the player was going to get through waivers because of his contract. It was Larry Walker in 04. Uh, Dan O'Dowd and I had gone back and forth several times with different versions of the deal, and uh, we couldn't get it done before the deadline. So, uh, again, it was a case where I knew he had to move the contract. Or wanted to move it, and uh, we, we finally got it done. But it does take sometimes. It does. Uh, it gets just funny. You don't know it's going to happen eventually, but you, you hope that it will. Speaking of a deal you got done earlier today, uh, uh, Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman had Mark McGuire on. It was a great interview. Oh boy! And <laughs> and he, I want to hear your side of this. He talked about um, before the deal from Oakland to here got made that you sort of had to talk him into it. Um, can you give us sort of what, what you remember about that conversation? Cause he's a West coast guy. He'd be coming to, you know, the yeah. middle of the country for the first time. Well, 
first of all, that that of all the trades, I still look at that one as the best one I made because we didn't necessarily win right away, but it certainly turned the franchise around and and it brought the game of baseball back the forefront again after uh, some labor disputes and stuff. But you know, and we started drawing three million people and. And it just, I think there's maybe one year after that, that they did draw 3 million, but that's what really changed the, the, the fortunes of the franchise. Cause it was able, it allowed us to, uh, you know, we gained more revenue. I was able to increase my, um, get my, my payroll budget increased and it, we were able to add those guys in the 2000 stretch. So, but as far as Mark, I, I just knew that Mark, if he got into St. Louis, number one, it's a great baseball town, and I know he loves the game. He's a he's a very traditionalist guy, and and I thought that he would he would the fans would embrace him, and and he would love it. Number two, we had Tony, we had Dave Duncan, mm-hmm. we had uh, uh, Dave McKay, guys he all knew from Oakland, plus Barry Weinberg, who was our trainer in mm-hmm. Oakland, and and myself, and there was, so there was a lot of familiarity there for him, and I knew that that would be something that. Uh, he would embrace. So, uh, and, and as I looked at the, the board, as I was, we were trying to make the deal, there was only one other club that I thought was, we were in competition with. It was the, the uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they were the California angels or Anaheim angels, <laughs> it was the angels. And, uh, and Bill Bavese was their GM who Bill eventually worked for me in Cincinnati for a few years. And he told me that they, they thought they had the deal done with them. Mm. And then uh, I guess he changed his mind and decided to come to St. Louis. That's, That's a amazing. tough one because he lives in Orange County, right? That must have been, right. you, yeah, yeah, you had to yeah. talk your way around and, now. Do you yeah, remember? And, he, I, and he, when he got here, obviously it didn't take him long to fall into fall in love with the place and with, <laughs> with uh, the fans and everything, and we signed an extension right away. He said he was on a bridge. Uh, he, he was driving in town on a bridge as he was talking to you and you were convincing him to come to St. Louis. Do you remember that specific phone call? I, I Barely, yes. I do remember, <laughs> but I don't remember the exact uh, conversation, but I do remember he was driving and, and uh, I was trying to convince him. It was the same thing when I brought Tony and Dunk here, too. I had him, I brought him into town because Tony was, was going to, uh, he had an opportunity to go to Boston or, or Baltimore someplace at the time after Oakland. <clears throat> but once we got him into St. Louis, I took he and Dunk to the uh, Cardinal Museum. And they just, they, and they're, again, they're traditionists that love the game. And they saw the history here. And, and uh, I remember walking around outside the old Bush Stadium, and there were nine uh, uh, World Series championship flags up. And Tony says, we're going to get number 10. Cause that's my number, and we did in those six. So, so that's the kind of stuff that you know. It just San was such a great baseball town. It just uh, and and the uh, Cardinal organization is such a storied franchise mm-hmm. with great history, and and uh, it just uh, makes it a pretty easy sell, selling point. Final question that I have for the former Cardinals general manager, Walt Jockety, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Walt, a couple of weeks ago, Adam Wainwright made some comments saying that either this year or next will be his final season in the big leagues. 
I did want to ask you about that trade as well, because uh, we talked to the former Braves general manager that you dealt with in that deal. And he said when he looked around the room, when you made that trade, there was only one guy that stood up and said, we should not trade Adam Wainwright. And they got J.D. Drew out of the deal. So it it worked out for Mm -hmm. them as well. What did you see in Wayno at the time that made you know this guy is going to be special? This is somebody that we need to acquire. And has he exceeded even your expectations since that day? Yes. Uh, you know, just we knew he was going to be a good pitcher. You know, again, this the thing I should have said first when we started this whole thing, you have to have good scouts and you have to have good people working for you to help you put all this together. And we had in, in St. Louis, we had excellent scouts, great scouts, the amateur scouts, pro scouts. And we just knew that, uh, you know, we had high, uh, really high reports on, on Wayno in the, in the minor leagues and, and I, I remember that was one of my favorite deals too, because Schultz was kind of my idol when I started in this business, you know, as a GM, and and to make this deal with him, and and uh, uh, that we did at the winter meetings, we did it in his suite, and I knew how many people he was going to have or who he'd have on his side, so I kind of counted with the guys on my side, and he sat at the head of the room, like you know, like uh, I don't know, kind of like the Godfather or something. <laughs> And it, uh, I finally said, look, if, if Bueno's not in the deal, we're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, all right, he says, give us a minute. So they all walked out, and our guys, we looked at each other, and I said, I think we got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they came back, and we had them. And I asked him for one more place. Come on, Jockety, Jesus. Credit <laughs> <laughs> gave you Bueno. <laughs> so I said, okay. Yeah, but it was it was fun. It was like a, to me, it was like an old-time um, deal because we started working on that. Uh, he called me in November. He, I knew he really wanted JD because he really needed the left-handed hitter. He wanted Drew, even though he was going to be a free agent, I think, at the end of the year. And uh, so it worked out well. And and Wayno has just been, I, you know, there isn't a better guy and a teammate anywhere than this guy. I mean, he's he's exceeded, you know, the, in the 06 World Series, what he was able to do and just how he's built his career and continues to pitch at a very high level. It's amazing. Um, I'm very proud of him. Walt, we appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for looking back on some of the deals that you've made over the years, telling us a little bit about what it's like to get these things done. All the best to you, all the best to the Reds the rest of the way, and we'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you. I enjoyed it. It's fun to look back. Um, Who are you? I'm you from the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.